You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Unfortunately, are in the wrong profession because if I'm not mistaken, just you know, look in your eyes, you're about to defend something that does not need to be defended. Okay, so I am. So okay. this week in the NFL, we're we're getting right into it. I like it. We're going right into the NFL. We had two unfortunate roughing the passer calls. Unfortunate is a very, very <laughs> kind word to use. Egregious is where I would start. Okay, agree. Whatever you want to sure. call it. All right. First one was against Tom Brady. Okay. When he was playing the Falcons. Your man crush. Exactly. The love of your life. Second one was against uh, uh, Derek Carr. Um, all right, so let's get into it because the first one under Tom Brady, what do people automatically start saying? Oh, the refs protect Brady. Brady's too fragile. All this stuff. You're, right? you're about to defend this. I am the- about to defend this with statistics, not even with my own analysis. Okay. With statistics. You're one of those. In- oh, okay. Okay. The, I will say this. I'm glad it happened the same week as Derek Carr, the same week that he had something happen to him. Because it furthers the discussion. It's not a one-off. It's not just a Tom Brady thing. Exactly. All right. But I do have some stats right here. Okay. This is roughing the passer penalties per quarterback since 2012. So decade. Okay. Tom Brady has played 235 games, has 27 roughing the passers. Aaron Rodgers has played fewer games. 216 has one more roughing the passer call at 28. Patrick Mahomes has only played 79 games since 2012. Obviously didn't come in the league until much later. Okay. 20 roughing the passers. Josh Allen has played 73 games again, came in the league later than 2012. 24. So it's not a Tom Brady. I, I, I'm not defending okay. the call. I'm defending it's not a Tom Brady thing. Okay. All right. So when you came in here, like swinging in like a vine into the studio, kicking over <laughs> stuff, I, I, I was starting to get worried that you were trying to defend the actual roughing the penalty. Or no, it was a bad call. call. It was a bad call. Itself. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. No, Both I mean, look, look, if you're the NFL, though, I, I think there is an innate – there is a reason you want to defend Tom Brady, right, to protect him. There's a re- and, and people will go, oh, this is the league just doing anything they can to keep Tom Brady safe. If you're the NFL, yeah, you do want to keep Tom Brady safe. That being said, the roughing the passer situation in the NFL is and, – and, and Danny Rhea here on 106.7, he does a show with Grant, and he always say, he, he says it well. He said – and, and I agree. Everyone with the NFL need to go into a room. They need to be locked into this room. And they cannot leave until roughing the passer is fixed. I don't care what it is, right? It, yeah, yeah. it was the same situation we had with the catch rule, right? Remember the Des Bryant catch rule? And pass interference. It was pass interference. Yep. It's all these different things where the, the, the question is, you know, what's a catch? What is this? What's pass interference? 
please lock yourselves in a room if you need to DoorDash dinner and DoorDash lunch, and don't sleep until you leave the room and figure it out. Because right. the roughing the passer penalty against Derek Carr was egregious, and the one mm -hmm. against Tom Brady was was equally, if not more, egregious. Um, it's just something that needs to be fixed. It's right. not. This is not how. I mean, you're, you're talking about. Grown men. I understand the we don't want full body weight on top of guys. That's how you get the Tony Romo crushed collarbone situation. You know, these are 300 pound men. Period. Space. <laughs> these are also 300 pound men. Like when you're running full speed, when your job is to get sacks. You're, and you're, you're going to get hit hard and it's going to look hard. You're going to get hit hard. This is the nature of the game. It's a violent sport. This is what it is. There's ways to protect guys naturally, the helmet to helmet, the unnecessary roughness, the hands to the face. Those things are all very safe rules that I think the NFL has made great progressions in. But for the most part, the attempt to the attempt to keep these quarterbacks safe is now starting to change the nature in which the game is played, and you can't do that. Well, and you know what else is interesting is what happened to Tom Brady, the manner of the sack where he was wrapped up, spun yep. around, and thrown down is the exact same thing that happened in the Super Bowl to Joe Burrow yep. on that last fourth and one play yep. that was incomplete and the Rams won the Super Bowl. Yep. Aaron Donald did the exact same thing to Burrow. Imagine if that was roughing the passer. You owe, I mean, we yeah, would have probably I mean, they're, gone I mean, overtime, they're, potentially they're a whole penalties. different game-altering plays. Like, yeah. so these are, it's, um, these are it's no joke yeah. penalties. This is not a five-yard automatic first down. These, these are yeah. possession-changing, game-changing. I mean, these, these are huge, huge calls. Mm -hmm. Same with pass interference calls when you're talking about spot fouls. Um, huge, huge calls. We just, as a league, for the product, for the players... They have to fix this. This this has to be fixed. And, and this is not an end of year owners meeting, team league meeting in Arizona where we all sit around and, and eat you know donuts and drink coffee and talk about rules. This has to be fixed right now. This needs to be a a, a meeting with the the heads of officiating. This needs to be fixed. Um, it's egregious. Like we we can't have it continue. We just can't have it happen. Um, that's where I'm at with it, Shawnee. Um, but with that, welcome in, Shawnee. It's great to see you. We are in the studio here in Ashburn. Live on this Thursday night, we are under two hours we away are. from kickoff. Thursday night football, the Commanders and the Bears. So by the time you get this, I will wish you guys a happy Friday. It will be a Friday. Uh, so our uh, predictions for the Commanders game tonight are going to be well dated because by the time these words enter your ears, uh, that game will be over. And the Commanders will either be one in five or... Just kind of teetering on death at, at, at two and four. Huge game for Washington tonight, um, to say the least, Johnny. But um, I must ask before we get into everything NFL related, how the hell are you, buddy? Rock and roll with the cutoff. How long, how many weeks do you think we have left of the cutoff well, shirts and the t-shirts and the shorts? I am. Yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, yeah, you are you are a cutoff guy. You do want to show I off those arms. Around my I believe you were quoted as saying yeah. in the podcast last year. I think the direct quote was, "I am Jack." Exactly, I believe I remember that coming out of your mouth at one point. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. I don't think I ever said that, but I'm not, yeah, okay. Really? <laughs> you should. I'll get you some of these. These are Amazon. These good. are cheap. These are like twenty bucks. Yeah, they're hooded hooded uh, sleeveless shirts. Thank you. Oh, this one's Get new. You I got this one in a black one rock yesterday. Well, the uh, live on air studio oh, sign is on, so. and we are I too. Know. So we're going to get into everything week six as we dive into a really, really important week. We always say that through six weeks, typically at least in my books, by six weeks, we kind of know what teams are, right? The, the old uh, adage of you are or what your record says you are. I mean, there's always 
you know, there's always nuance to that, right? I've never always kind of bought into that theory of you are what your record says you are. But to be honest with you, by week six, you, you really should be what you are. At this point, we're seeing kind of the, the, the roads divide a little bit, and you're seeing um, the oil rise to the top um, of the league, the best of the best. So we're going to dive into everything we need to know because a um, ton of things happened last weekend um, and a lot to happen um, this week. Before we get into week five, Sean, am I missing anything in specific? I yeah. do not think so. Yeah, we we're, have we're, Matt Rule get yeah, fired. Yeah, I, fi I figured we'd get into that with the Carolina game, but do you want to touch on that right now I real mean, quick? Baker, Baker's hurt. Let's do that now. Okay. So, unfortunately for Carolina, Matt Rule will financially be on the books for a little while, but I'm going to have you pull up the years of the contract and the specific dollar figures because I believe when Matt Rule was hired, he was hired to a big contract, and he it was. was a lot of years. Go ahead. and What, were, what was that situation? On January 7th, 2020, he was hired to a seven-year, $62 million contract. Wow. And wow, wow, so wow. here we are two years later, and he, they probably owe him, I think I think it's in the upper 30s, 30, upper 30 million. Yeah, that uh, sounds roughly, about right. Yeah, may, maybe the low 40s. They owe him a lot of money. Um, yeah, let, let me see. Um, Rule is going to see every cent of the $40 million remaining on the deal. So he's only been paid about $22 million. He's going to get $40 million left that'd be nice you know here's here's <laughs> the thing man it's and we say this right i mean the football comes down to the quarterback position all right let, let, let's be perfectly clear with ourselves and, and i've watched this play out in washington so many times right it's you know mark Brunell for joe gibbs and then it's just jason campbell workout for jim zorn and then it's Mike Shanahan coming in, and it's Rex Grossman, and then is RG3 the one, and then is Kirk Cousins the one, and then all of a sudden is, you know, Dwayne Haskins the one, and, and just you, Alex Smith, you go on and on and on, and you watch these coaches come into Washington and subsequently leave because they're not able to build a team around a QB, right? Ron, mm -hmm. Ron actually spoke to this this week at a press conference that got him in a lot of hot water where he really, and he meant to say it, but building your team around a quarterback is everything. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that's not what Matt Rule ever had the chance to do. Well, he had the chance to do. He just never did it, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you say what you want. You, you made the big trade for Sam Darnold. You, you, you brought him in, and you felt like that would be something that would work out. It, it didn't at all. Baker Mayfield has been a complete and utter disaster in Carolina. And, and there's no, there was no progress there, right? Their team slowly but surely over, over time where it felt like, hey, you had a decent defense. You got Christian McCaffrey. You went out and got Robbie Anderson. You had some tools offensively. You felt like, hey, as time goes on here, it it's just a matter of time before they get the quarterback and it, and it works out. And maybe yeah. you drop Sam Darnold in and it works. Maybe you drop Baker Mayfield in and he has some sort of resurgence. It hasn't happened. And uh, I think David Tepper had enough. And quite frankly, I, I think they might have outsmarted themselves a little bit. And this is what, what teams do. And it's this, hey, we need to go get the young, new, savvy college coach. But unfortunately, he joins a long list of college coaches that have made their way into the NFL, and their success just has not translated yeah. whatsoever. So, I mean, including including Nick Saban in 2007. Nick Saban's one of them, right? Nick yeah. Saban's one of them, and it's it's a different game. It's a completely different game. It's a completely different game. Bill O'Brien came in from was it? I know he had coached. Was it Wisconsin? No, Penn State, I believe it was. was it? He came okay. from Penn State. Um, you know, Chip Kelly it was yeah. that's probably the most famous example. Jim Harbaugh coming in, you know, there's just there's plenty of examples of this, and it's just it's it's a risk. It's a real risk that these these teams 
decide to, to hedge on, and it, it did not work for Carolina. So they will be paying him, but they'll be with, I believe, Steve Wilkes is the going to be the uh, the, uh, the coach stepping in for him for the time being for the rest of the year. Is that correct? Uh, I do not know, actually, but it doesn't matter because they are, it doesn't. They they are, are a rebuilding team. So bad, I can't even begin to tell you how awful <laughs> they are. Um, but I believe, yeah, he is the interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, Steve Wilkes, formerly of the Browns, and he's kind of been all over the place. So, yep, so I look for Carolina. I think, uh, question for you, Sean, do you think Christian McCaffrey gets traded before the deadline? I think so. Think I think so? you try to get some value for him. I think I he, think if you're Carolina, you have to. Yeah. I think it would be mal- malpractice not to. If he gets one more injury, his value is gonna yeah. gonna obviously tank. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a complete. I mean that that's a and when and, I say and you need you need draft picks. You need yeah. Yep, it's a total. It's a complete nutter rebuild for Carolina. I mean they got to start from really from the top down, and uh, I think that's that's where they're headed. So Carolina's off season is. Essentially starting at this point, uh, we'll see what they end up doing. Baker Mayfield was hurt, so I think they're turning to P.J. Walker coming up uh, for the for the next coming weeks. But uh, if, if you're Carolina, it's just all eyes then on the draft and, and kind of what you can get for, for Christian McCaffrey and maybe mm-hmm. even Robbie Anderson. I don't know. Uh, whatever you want to do with that. But Carolina's definitely on the rebuild. Um, good stuff there, Sean. Any other big news? Not that I can Not that recall. I can think of. Not that yeah. I have written down here. So Let's get into last week. Let's teams. dive into last week. All right. Oh, do we have to? The Thursday night game. <laughs> was that the worst game you've ever witnessed? It was the it was, yeah, the worst game. So a lot of people were saying it was the worst game they'd ever seen. And quite frankly, I did say that for most of last week. I did come to the realization today though that I have watched a couple Redskins games that were blowouts. Or other games like that were real blowouts that were I mean, when I say physically headache inducing <laughs> to watch. At least this game was was close, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're you're literally already hearing me talk you into thinking that last week's game was was good. It was one of the worst NFL games ever played. Like statistically, I mean, people in Denver at home going into overtime were Left. literally leaving. Not just leaving, they were filing out in droves. Like it was, I mean, it was a situation where people were like, "I would rather beat traffic." At that point, you're not beating traffic. You're just now. It's just an exodus. You're all leaving. Uh, then watch my team in overtime. In overtime, by the way, in overtime, a regular season national, nationally televised game. These fans were were out the door. <laughs> um, question for you: Is Nathaniel Hackett a one and done head coach for Denver? His decision making is so bad, it, Sean. He doesn't look prepared. Like He's making I Russell Wilson look like Baker Mayfield. I don't. I don't think. And Russell is off. I my my note for the game was just he looks broken right now, and yeah. I don't know if it's injury related. And I know, you know, that can be sometimes a PR stunt of hey, look, this guy's been dealing with injury. He had a little procedure on on his uh, throwing. I believe it was his shoulder. He just looks broken right now. I mean, he looks lost. The offense is not gelled whatsoever. And and it's again. I, I have said this with Washington. I'm tired of hearing teams say, hey, you know, it's, it's early in the season. We're, we're taking time to gel. How is it that the Bills don't need time to gel? How right. is it that the Chiefs don't need time to gel? Isn't it, isn't it funny that, you know, that these elite teams don't need time to gel? It, that's an excuse to use when your system's not working, mm-hmm. right? It, your time to gel is training camp. Your time to gel is preseason. When week one hits, you got to hit the ground running. And yeah. why is it that these elite teams in the league hit the ground running? Why, why did the Dolphins not need time to gel, right? Why did the Ravens not need time to gel? 
figure it out. The Broncos yeah. are broken right now. I don't know what's going on with them. Nathaniel Hackett does not look like a competent NFL coach. I think he is a brilliant offensive coordinator. I was a fan of his uh, before he became a head coach. I think he's a brilliant offensive coordinator. He does not look prepared to be an NFL head coach right now. And at least through five weeks, whether it's the timeouts, it's the weird timing situation, it's the offense is just not working whatsoever. And it's not like they're, they're – this isn't the Panthers we're talking about. I mean, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and – I mean, I don't. What I don't know what else there is to say. You you have plenty of of roster. I mean, you have stars all over the place, defensively and offensively. Um, Twelve to nine, the Colts won. Both teams looked like they lost. The Colts are terrible. Matt Ryan couldn't look worse. I mean, Matt Ryan could not look worse. <laughs> I mean, and somehow, one way or another, um, one team just sucked a little bit less. Like that's kind of really the way to put it. I mean, it was it was a really really bad time. But I mean, if you're the Broncos, I think you're starting to panic a little bit, Johnny. I think I honestly think you're starting to panic a little bit. Through 5 weeks Russell Wilson looks terrible, and when I say they invested everything in Russell Wilson, financially and draft pick wise, they invested everything into Russell Wilson. So, one way or another, they've got to fix this because Russell Wilson before he got hurt last year looked terrible with Seattle and so far looks somehow worse with the Broncos. So, the Broncos were all in they, they made a trade that was unlike a trade in terms of value we've ever seen in the NFL. And so far, it could be a catastrophe in Denver, mm-hmm. like a complete and utter catastrophe. But we'll see. We'll see. It's going to take a little bit more time for us to get a good gauge on this. But I, so far, it's complete panic time in Denver. All right. We're going to start with a 930 game, at least our time. This game was played out in London. Yep. So that's uh, what? What's my math here? It's 2.30 London time, right? I believe it was, was just a – I think it was a one – they're, they're five they're hours. Five. They're five. Right? They're five. So 2.30. Yeah, you would have been right. 2.30 London time. Anyways, uh, this one was a Giants 27-22 to 22 win over the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, man. Uh, Saquon's back, man. And honestly, he looks maybe better than ever. Um, 70 yards and a touchdown for him. Rodgers and the Packers just can't close. They had a lead in this game. Um, they look off. I, I just – Again, the Packers year after year do not give Aaron Rodgers uh, enough in terms of offensive weapons. If Alan Lazard is your best receiver, like I don't really know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> they just look off. But the Giants, uh, do the Giants, I, do I think that they are four and one? Do I think they're like a Bills four and one? Or no, I don't at all. But with that being said, um, this was a Daniel Jones signature performance. They are being coached really, really well. You can see the Giants are just, they're outplaying themselves, which is a very, very good thing, right? You would rather be a four, you, I, I would rather sit here and say, hey, they're a four and one team that is just playing better than they really are than the other way around, right? Than the Broncos situation. Um, they deserve so much credit and they are fun to watch. And Brian Dable just has that team locked and loaded. Um, it was a defensive stand at the goal line, stopping Aaron Rodgers to, to seal the deal for them. I mean that is a that's a signature win in London for the Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean that that changes the narrative for them, right? This is not a oh this team's bad just you wait. Um, they just went across the Atlantic Ocean and beat the Packers. And <laughs> honestly, that you have a lot to say for that. A lot to say for that. The so Giants really, really should be uh, should be happy with with four and one. All right, this one we'll get to uh, just real quick. Uh, pretty much as expected type game. Bills big win over the Steelers, thirty-eight to three. Bills go to four and one. Steelers drop to one and four. I believe they are zero and six without T.J. Watt. Zero and seven, maybe. Yep, defense just doesn't look the same. Uh, Gabe Davis with a ninety-eight yard touchdown, Shawnee. That was a, a highlight play. Uh, 
I mean, Josh Allen just looks unstoppable. Um, they're the best team of football as of right now. Uh, to me, I mean, we're I cannot wait for the Sunday's matchup against the Chiefs. Um, the Steelers at one and four is a weird thing to see. It's a very <laughs> weird because we just haven't seen this. But Kenny Pickett just you know a lot of garbage time yardage, but they just they just couldn't get anything going at all. Do, do you think they thrusted him into the starting quarterback role too quickly? Yes. Pickett, you think you think yeah, so? but. I was also I'm I'm talking at a both ends here because I was I, I have said before Mitch Trubisky doesn't give you a chance to win. But with that being said, I do think like I didn't know the Steelers uh schedule. So would I have made his first career start against the Bills? No. Mm. That being said, I think the Steelers know where they are right now. Um I think they know what they've got to do coming in this offseason. And um look for for Kenny Pickett reps, starting reps, uh being that starting quarterback, week after week he's gonna grow a little bit, but I don't know, man. I don't really know. I haven't seen anything from Kenny Pickett to make me feel like, yep, this is this is a guy that's going to grow into a star. I just haven't seen it yet. It's been a game, right? So yeah. you're probably not going to. But that's going to be something to watch. Really, uh, the formation of him throughout the year uh, is going to be something to watch. But against the Bills, I mean, that is a tall tall order. Yeah, especially in Buffalo. Yep. All right, Chargers went to Cleveland. They got the win. Close game, 30-28. to 28. Still, neither team looks good. No, and it was weird. They had a game-winning field goal. It was so funny because I looked. I was like, oh, Chargers, game-winning field goal. But it was like, oh, it was a game-winning field goal with like six minutes to go, right? So it was, ended up being scoreless uh, really the last six minutes. Um, Austin Eckler had himself a day, 173 and a touchdown. Mike Williams, 13 targets, 10 for 134 through the air. Um, Cleveland missed a kick uh, really at, at the end of the game, and that's kind of all she wrote. Um, neither of these, these teams, I, I think, looked look particularly good I think the Browns again you're just waiting to see what Deshaun Watson gives you when he comes back and then for the Chargers again man I mean you get a win which is great but they're just the most unconvincing team that should be good I've ever seen in my life yeah I'd say more so than the uh than the Broncos yeah all right uh, another really boring one I'm glad that we're having all the exciting games first. I agree. Uh, another great? boring one. Uh, the Texans down in Jacksonville, 13 to six win for Houston. You know, Connor, for the first time, I'm sorry, not the first time, for the third time since the merger, which was in the 60s, I believe. Yes, yeah, 60s. We have a team. We are through week five. We have no winless teams. Yeah, and I love that. Right, I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, the NFL as a whole, I feel like has been underperforming in terms of good teams. I, I think. I think in terms of quality of play, Tom Brady hit it on the head the other day at a, at a press conference where he just said, I, I look around the league and I don't see very good football being played. I, I agree. I, and I think that has to do with a lot of how teams prepare coming into seasons now, right? With, with all these rules and contact rules and training camp in the preseason kind of getting minimized into nothing. Um, I think the quality of play has taken a little bit of a hit in recent years. Um, dude, Trevor Lawrence was atrocious in this game. And I said week one when I saw him in FedEx field, I, I watched him. Um, we were down in the locker room and there was a lot of, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, it was in the locker room and there was, there was so much disappointment on the Jaguar side. I mean, there was a lot of guys that were really emotional and, and really fired up after that loss, which to me, I was a little bit, I mean, these are professional athletes, but I was a little taken aback by just kind of how emotional these guys were. Um, and Trevor Lawrence at the podium, um, you know, w- w- they, they, they were close. I mean, this is a close game and they lost at the end, but he looked bad in this game. I mean, I mean, I remember week one visibly watching him miss three or four touchdown worthy plays that he just overthrew or missed. Mm. Um, he was bad again. This is two straight really bad games from Trevor Lawrence, which, I, again, I, I think we're all just assuming that he's just going to turn it on eventually. He has not. Like, he hasn't yet. Um, this is year two, right? It's like, okay, man. Like, let's, let's get on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really know what other way to say this than 
get the hell up and get this going, right? I mean, 25 of 47 with two picks. Um, I think Jacksonville might suck, dude. I mean, I, I think we talked about them as being a team that was going to take a huge step this year. Doug Peterson's first year, you know, they go and get Christian Kirk, and he was a guy who has given them um, a lot early in this year. But Travis Etienne coming back from injury has been shoddy at, at best. He hasn't been great. And Trevor Lawrence just doesn't look good. Um, Davis Mills happened to suck less. I mean, he wasn't <laughs> great. He was kind of checked down Charlie the whole day. Um, that's kind of that. What do you got? How much does this loss by the Jaguars speak to the inconsistency of the Chargers? Remember, the Chargers were blown yeah. out of their own home stadium by the Jaguars just two weeks ago. Yeah, it's it, there's a lot. I mean, there's a, honestly, Sean, there's a lot to be said about the, the – I mean, the, it's a week-to-week thing, but you're right. I mean, the inconsistency of the – and it doesn't make sense. Again, the Chargers don't make sense. Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, and I mean, you look who you have in Justin Herbert. Mm. I mean, defensively, I mean, I, I don't – it's weird, man. The Chargers have never made sense to me, and I, I can't seem to pick what version of them are going to show up each week. I, I can't make sense of it, but it does speak to it. You're 100% right. I mean, getting blown out by Jacksonville. It also speaks to Jacksonville's inconsistencies because yeah, they can't seem true. to put stuff together. Um, I think both of those teams kind of play off each other's inconsistencies. But, yeah, man, I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I think Jacksonville might be bad. I, I, <laughs> I think they might just be awful. And I know that's a very common thing to say, Jacksonville being bad, but – um, it's like the Jets being bad, Washington being bad, Jacksonville suck, I think, right? And I, I came into the season thinking they wouldn't, but I think I might just be proven wrong. <laughs> well, speaking of being bad, the Bears went to uh, Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Vikings, 4-1, and one. how about that? Yeah, dude, I, I, I love the Vikings offense. The Vikings defense still really concerns me. My God, I mean, they were up 21-3 to at one point, and they completely blew it to a Bears offense that had, we talk about being bad, they were the least amount of bad offensively that they've been all year uh 15 completions 208 yards and a touchdown um that's the best that Justin Fields has looked all year which is pretty embarrassing and it kind of speaks to how bad their offense has been um but they were up 21 to 3 the Vikings were and it was 22 to 21 Chicago uh, took the lead late which is just ridiculous um but 17 plays 75 yard game winning drive a couple really big throws from Kirk Cousins in this game um, late, and, and that was kind of all she wrote. Um, they, they ended up getting back. Justin Jefferson is a stud, um, and he's unstoppable. And uh, just walking up, so was that a gritty I saw you that do? That was a gritty. That it was, was really embarrassing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. I don't know what that was. I thought you were having a seizure, so I looked up to make sure you weren't passing away in front of me, but you were grittying, and so I'm going to officially go kill myself. Um, that was intriguing. But uh, Vikings 29, Bears 22 with the victory, Shawnee. Not too, uh, not too bad for uh, uh, purple heads. <laughs> for, my, for my gritty. All right. Uh, Patriots. <laughs> my Patriots. 29 to nothing shutout. At home against the Lions, number one scoring offense in the league, score zero. Dude, against break Belichick this down for D. me, Shawnee. What'd you see? What I saw was Bill Belichick's defense yeah. stepping up. I think we had six fourth down stops, a couple of which were in the uh, in the red zone. Um, I, you know what? It's interesting. I think the love fest with Dan Campbell is starting to wear off. In mm. Detroit, yeah. Remember how he was like, he's like this overly emotional guy, and he kind of everybody likes him. I'm gonna get these boys prepared. Yeah, <laughs> everybody just kind of liked him, and yeah. now it's like, all right, buddy, you got to actually start winning games. Like we we can't have the number one scoring offense and then go to. I'll say it, a mediocre team. And where does this conversation always refer to, right? Anytime we talk mm-hmm. about a team, where, what position does this come down to? Quarterback. And it always comes down to quarterback. And as long as Jared Goff is on the payroll in Detroit, you're not really going to have a shot. And, and look, I know that he's played well at points this year, but 
Zero points against the Patriots. And I, I said coming in, I mean, the, the Patriots, this is this is kind of a, a Patriots win. This is this is a well-coached team. This is a mm-hmm. team that just they, they know how to win football games led by Bill Belichick, but like this is embarrassing if you're the Lions. This is an embarrassing loss. Putting up zero against the Patriots team that I don't think is actually very good. When did Ramondre Stevenson all of a sudden become Derrick Henry, by the way? 25 <laughs> carries, 161 yards. He is so good at breaking tackles. Yeah, I mean. So good. And he's not that big. He's not much uh, bigger than Damian Harris. Yeah. Um, he, he's Belichick has always liked kind of having a third down running back, somebody who can get out of uh, – uh, from where the behind the um the line and just catch short passes he's always liked having someone like that that's Ramondre Ste- Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> um who, who can do that for it's New gritty. England it's getting your head it is it, the gritty yeah. is yeah but um no he he had a fantastic game uh Patriots played really well it was just kind of a, a grind away type game got some defensive stops got a defensive turnover turn touchdown uh, good win for the Patriots, yeah. and and we're hitting the easier part of our schedule now. I think we have the Jets twice coming up. We have uh, we're in Cleveland next week. We got the Bears coming to Foxborough for yep. our next home game. It, I, I'm I'm thinking if we're gonna try to make the playoffs, this is the run where we need to. We just need to start stacking yeah. wins. Yeah. Just stack the wins. They're, no they're teams we can beat, and we know we can beat them. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, by the way, Detroit's defense. Just the oh. last point on this atrocious i mean they are their secondary is an abomination you know what i thought i thought they were better against the patriots Mm. than against the seahawks i couldn't even watch that seahawks game that was uh, their defense was the worst defense i've ever seen in the nfl horrific all right let's move on speaking of the seahawks they went down to new orleans to take on the saints really a back and forth high scoring game i don't think many people expected that saints get the win 39 to 32 your thoughts on this one yeah, Shawnee, this is a game between two teams that I, I think are just bad, right? But guess what? And Sean Payton is somewhere moonwalking around. Taysom Hill was involved for the Saints. That's kind of all she wrote. And the, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you want to say it's a Cinderella story? It's a, I mean, Geno Smith just kind of keeps on rolling. Like, and it's, it's, almost, it's almost comedy to watch the fact that Russell Wilson – out of Seattle, <laughs> in comes Geno Smith, and people were expecting, hey, the, Seattle won't win a game. And somehow Geno Smith is statistically running laps around Russell Wilson, which has <laughs> to make Seattle uh, a, a happy city. They obviously weren't this weekend, 39-32 to 32 final score here. Um, I don't know, Sean. I, I don't know if we learned anything from either of these teams. I think these are both just rebuilding teams. But, hey, man, Taysom Hill, why not? He's just hanging around, still oh, yeah. around. All right, we had an AFC East matchup, Dolphins-Jets in New York. Jets, big win, 40-17 to over the getting very beat-up Dolphins, we can call them. Yeah, I mean, this is just a Dolphin team. These are – how about this, Shawnee? The Dolphins are, are missing a few fins. They are. How about that? A, couple ba- like that? a little bit of a back injury. Yeah, yeah. a little shark bite here <laughs> yeah. and there. They're swimming a little weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this is just the story of the Dolphins not having their guys. Uh, not only having not having their one guy and Tua, they don't even have their two guy because Teddy Bridgewater, um, he left this game as well. Um, I think the big thing for the Jets is just watching Zach Wilson grow. I think that's a big thing. Putting up 40 points on any NFL team at any point, putting up 40 points is a is a huge deal. Um the Jets, man, I, I, I've, again, like we talked about Zach Wilson getting hurt in preseason and in comes Joe Flacco and this team is going to suck. But they have put together a couple of really solid games defensively. They're playing well. I think they're really well coached. I think Robert Sala is a great coach. 
Um, and the Dolphins, you just you got to get healthy, right? That's just kind of that. Um, I think the Dolphins are going to go right back to being a dominant team once they can get Tua healthy. I don't really know what the status is on Tua. That's let me check that. I I believe I saw something saying that he could be back this week. Dude, you'd have to imagine that ruled they're going to be. I'm yeah, sorry, ruled out. They're going to be very cautious with him coming back, especially with all just uh, happening on national television and the whole fallout with the concussion protocol and the back-to-back kind of head hits. You'd imagine they're going to be cautious with that. But a big win for the Jets there, Sean. Oh, yeah. All right. Falcons in Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Bucks 21-15 to win for Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, obviously, we got into that call that yep. may or may not have changed the game. We got into that already. Uh, the Bucks just don't look right. They don't look right. They're not. And I'll tell you, it's it's. It's funny how Leonard Fournette is being used in that offense. I feel like when I watch the Buccaneers, every other play is Leonard Fournette out of the backfield on a delayed just kind of dump off, right? We, we, if Alex Smith played in that offense, we would just be destroying him for checking the ball down all day. But Tom Brady seems to use Leonard Fournette. No one talks about him checking the ball down because I feel like that's all he does all day. They're not really pushing the ball downfield the way I thought they would, right? With, with you know Julio and, and with Mike Evans, those big guys downfield that can get going. They haven't really done it yet. And I, the, you're right. Tampa just doesn't look 100% themselves. They haven't at any point this year. Um, Atlanta are still just kind of a fun fun team to watch. And Grady Jarrett is uh, just a complete and utter uh, star. I mean, he's a complete difference maker. But good to see the Bucks Look, they're, they're racking up wins. And, and hopefully at some point they can kind of get, get the ball moving later in the season. But at this point, you got to start stacking hay, right? You, you play a worse opponent, you got to win. And that's what they did. Right. All righty, Connor. I know you don't want to talk about oh, it, but God we will. Titans, Commanders. Carson Wentz, game-losing interception. 21-17 yeah. win for Tennessee. Yeah, it's just crushing. The thing is, is I have met a total of zero Titans fans in my life. And yet again, man. <laughs> they you, were all in if, D.C. If, <laughs> if you want to, if you ever want to know if they're real Jacksonville Jaguars fans or Indianapolis Colts fans or Tennessee Titans fans in the wild, just go to FedEx Field when they come, and you will see 30,000 <laughs> of them. It's, it's just it's. It's absolutely unbelievable to watch. Um, this game was was so crushing for this team. I mean, I, I can't really begin to tell you how crushing it was for, for Ron Rivera and, and for this franchise, really. Um, this this season is, is honestly, Sean, it's spiraling way out of control. Um, we, we talk about tonight playing the Bears. It's it's beyond a must win. I mean, you, not, you, you have to win against the Bears. If you don't, we're talking wholesale changes. And quite frankly, you know, it... it to me, at least, in the middle of the season, changes I think are on the table. Um, I go ahead. What would that uh, entail? I don't see any coaching changes. I don't see Ron Rivera going anywhere until the end of the season, if that was the case. Um, Carson hasn't. As, as weird as it sounds, he, he threw an interception at the two yard line when they had basically four downs to get two yards and win the game in a walk off fashion against the Titans. Um, he hasn't he's not a top five problem on this team still still I mean with how much he struggled this offensive line for the commanders is an embarrassment like it is it is beyond bad at this point Trey Turner was benched two weeks ago he was a free agent guard that we brought in to replace uh Brandon Sheriff former all pro um he was not even playing NFL worthy football and he was benched for a guy who is slightly better than him and Sadiq Charles who was supposed to be Trent Williams' backup at tackle, and he had to be moved to guard because he was terrible. Andrew Norwell, former All-Pro, you know, former Carolina Panther and, and, and the highly paid guy in Jacksonville. Another guy Ron Rivera signed this offseason. He was so bad. He was so bad last Sunday. It, it was almost 
I, I, I almost there were times I was like, I, I don't know if Pat Mahomes could do much behind this offensive line. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was getting picked up and thrown. It was, it was an embarrassment. Um, defense is bad. The secondary is bad. Um, the linebackers were playing better than the defense is getting better. But I mean, it just it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, the holes are all over this roster. And I mean, it's beginning to start to show itself that the way that this roster is constructed is backwards. Um, it's broken. And, and quite frankly, Sean, there are no fixes on this roster. This is what you have. So we can reshuffle all we want. Um, we can talk ourselves into Ron Rivera teams have better second half season statistics all you want. And maybe that's the case. I don't see it happening. I think anything that happens at this point is rearranging chairs on the Titanic. And unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter where we're going after this. I like that. Um, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't matter, man. I mean, the, the ship really feels like it's sinking quick in Washington. Uh, the Titans aren't a very good football team. I, I'm just going to say it this much. I, I don't think the Titans are good. And uh, I think they are running Derrick Henry to a point where Derrick Henry is a stud. I mean, he's so big. He was, um, I mean, just, just post-game walking you know through the tunnels and just kind of seeing that guy the size of him is just like i it's just i mean he's a brick and he just he's unbelievable his defense did hold him to under four yards of carry i mean they're running him 28 to 30 times a game which if you remove derrick henry from that offense they're nothing i'll just be totally honest with you from watching they're nothing that ryan Tannehill was not good in this game um, their wide receivers are not very deep and outside of Jeffrey Simmons, I don't think their their defense has played very well at all. Jeffrey Simmons is, is – I mean, people need to start talking about Jeffrey Simmons like Aaron Donald. Like, I'm dead serious. He was throwing guys around. He is, he is unbelievably good. Um, but Washington cannot take advantage of, you know, a situation where rookie Deami Brown um, – he was his second year, not a rookie, uh, but a second year uh, wide receiver Deami Brown, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Carson Wentz was able to push the ball downfield well. Um, but just coming up short when it mattered most. I mean, when this team needed a touchdown, they had four opportunities with 19 seconds to go. Um, Ron Rivera misusing timeouts, challenging stupid challenges. I mean, little things around this team. I mean, from coaching to playing, you, you, I, I, I there's problems everywhere, Sean. There's like, there's literally problems everywhere on this team. Um, so I, I don't really know what to say. I, I, I think Washington are, are, are really, really in some trouble, and they're staring down the barrel of a complete and utter rebuild if they can't win in Chicago. I think they might be anyway, but losing in Chicago in 1-5, it's a wrap. Season's yeah. over. And I think the season probably is still over anyway. And, and for Tennessee, I, I, I don't think they're terribly good. But this is more of a reflection. I think all Washington's just inability to, to, to make things count when, when they need it. Yeah. All right, let's go through this one quickly. 49ers at Panthers, as you'd expect, 37-15 to 15 win for the 49ers. Panthers obviously uh, fired their head coach, uh, I believe, two days ago. Um, Panthers rebuilding. 49ers still look like a, a, a pretty solid team out in the NFC. Yep, and they're doing just enough, right? I mean, but the big thing is Jeff Wilson Jr., who's their third running back this year after their running backs just are constantly getting hurt, um, it just – a star. I mean, the star in this game, 120 yards on 17 carries, had uh, four explosive runs or 10 yards or more, um, 75 yards before contact. Um, so he was just running through wide open gaps. I mean, this guy um, is so shifty, so good in the pass game, so good in the run game. But Jimmy Garoppolo did just enough. And uh, Carolina, really, this is just, you know, I think this was the uh, cherry on top of a season that's lost way too early. Like, again, like we're talking with Washington, it's, it's not even Halloween yet. And we're already talking about blowing out coaches and restarting. Um, so Carolina is just a mess right now, and, and you, they just have so much to fix. Um, you know, San Francisco just did enough. All right, there's one more undefeated team 
in the NFL. One one remaining. Eagles. They get the win out in the desert against the Cardinals, twenty to seventeen. Cardinals now two and three. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Eagles five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. I will say the Eagles have looked like they've slowed down a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed just watching this game, watching a little bit of last week's game. I think they're losing a little bit of the juice. Jalen Hurts for the year wasn't as productive. Had a couple rushing touchdowns. On the ground, uh, I did see Kyler Murray, what he was wearing going into the game. I don't know if you saw it. Um, did you? I do not uh, know. Right now, immediately, Google Kyler Murray right. suit against the Eagles. Was it something like pay me more money or I don't want to watch film? Well, you just look at it yourself. Uh, okay. And once you see it, you're going to realize why I hate the Eagles and I never want them to win. But when I saw what he was wearing, I wanted the Eagles to win by 7,000. Um, it was really bad. Just just staring at Sean, waiting for him to Is it the lime green thing? That's correct. Ew. Where it looks like Harry Styles dressed him. <laughs> yeah, um, that was embarrassing, and I think he should probably be. There should be a vote to remove him from the NFL. Oh, yeah, there should be. Like that. Yeah. yeah, Cardinals just not good enough, man. And, and, and the Cardinals are just going to hover like this. I mean, they didn't play a terrible game. And, I mean, these, these are two teams that, that really have playoff aspirations. And um, I, the Eagles come out on top. I mean, the Eagles, man, they're defensively, offensively. I don't know if there's any weaknesses, but I, I do see them slowing down a little bit. I, I will – caution people to all of a sudden think that they're just going to, you know, they're going to Michigan J frog their way into the NFC title game. Um, they've, they've slowed down a little bit, so it's going to be uh, pretty telling to see what they look like coming up this week. All right. Your favorite team in the NFL, favorite team in the world. How about, How them, about Cowboys? them Cowboys? 22, Yikes. 10 win against the former defending champions. Dude, Are you honestly, a former defending champion? I guess you're just the defending, defending champion. Defending champion. All right. Say, uh, the, I almost called them the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> That's really embarrassing. Hey, man. Uh, the Rams. Cowboys 22. Rams 10. Rams 2 and 3. Cowboys 4 and 1. I believe Cooper Rush is 6-0, 7-0 as a starter. Uh, I think he's 6. Yeah, I think so. I, so far, I mean, he's 4-0 as a starter right now. Um, one 4 straight for Dallas. But yeah, I believe 6. But then six. one last yep. year, yeah. Yep, one last okay, year so as well. Okay, so 5-0 then. Yep, I believe so. Um, Rams, I'm worried about, man. I'm officially worried about the Rams. They, they don't look good. Matt Stafford doesn't look good. They can't seem to get the ball to Cooper Cup in the way that they did uh, last year as effortlessly. Um, I think people, again, are just not talking enough about what Odell Beckham did to that offense and, and how elite and how, how, much he, he, how much he extended the ceiling of that offense. Dude, Dallas, dude, take a bow. Seriously. I mean, this defense for Dallas, and Micah Parsons is an MVP candidate, um, we talk, you know, the Cooper Rush all you want. He, he he did nothing, and honestly, that's what you want. You want him to not turn the ball over. You don't want him making stupid decisions. You want him controlling an offense, being poised, doing what he needs to do, the Jimmy Garoppolo treatment, right? You don't need to go have four touchdowns in a game. Hand the ball off to Tony Pollard and let him do his thing, and that's all he did. That's literally all he did, um, and that was all they needed. Um, Aaron Donald was dominant in this game, but but really the Rams just just can't get anything going offensively, which is really rare. You just don't see that from them. Um, and Dallas are winning the way they need to be winning. And and honestly, I could not have been more incorrect. I could not <laughs> have been more incorrect about this team when we said it. But we all said it. If Dallas lose Dak Prescott for an extended period of time, the season's over. It's not. It's not. Because their defense is, is, is absolutely shutting down teams. And Cooper Rush is doing just enough. So Dallas really... Uh, you know, take it, take it bow, man. Take it bow. How about them Cowboys? Seriously, I hate saying that, but I mean, they, they look fantastic. <laughs> Looks like Cooper Rush will start this week. I'm not sure their opponent. Uh, do you know the Cowboys? I believe they're playing the 
Giants or Eagles? It's going to be a Sunday night game, I believe. I think it's the Giants, actually. The Giants. Yep. I believe okay. It is. Yep. So, so that's that's good enough. I, I still think Dak is in with a grip problem. Um. All right. Let, let me just give you the scenario. Cooper Rush, who's probably going to play, gets the win. Is there any consideration at all? Remember, Dak played one game this oh, year. God. He looked awful. Is there any consideration? I'm not at entertaining all? it. I'm You're not entertaining not, okay. the discussion. Okay. I mean, they paid Dak way too much. I mean, look at his contract. Look at his cap hit, and look at the fact that Dak is just when he's healthy. Barring week one, it could be wrong. Maybe he just became terrible out of nowhere. But he's an incredibly good quarterback, and and I think he just gets the most out of this offense, and it's not really a discussion. So, yeah, Dak Prescott, that's his job. No, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm reading uh, Troy Aikman, and he's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. He said, if the Cowboys win on Sunday, do we put Dak or, – or should we start asking the question, do we put Dak back in? You can, but there's a simple answer to that, and the answer you, is you yes. Think, you think yeah. you do? Okay. Yes, there's no doubt. Gotcha. No doubt. Okay. The Sunday night game, uh, the Ravens avoid their fifth straight loss at home. They get the game-winning field goal by Justin Tucker, 19-17 to win over the Bengals. It was a pretty good game. It was. It was. I mean, Lamar Jackson missed a couple in the second half. He missed a couple of touchdown opportunities. He overthrew a couple of them. So so really, the, the Bengals were kind of hanging around in this game when, when the Ravens didn't need to, to make this as close as it was. Um, but... I don't know. I, I don't know. The Ravens have showed out, and they've also kind of had these shaky games. Uh, both of these teams weren't terribly impressive in this game, but look, Justin Tucker, man. <laughs> what can you say? I have that guy on every fantasy team I have. I have owned him on every fantasy team I've ever had for four straight years. He's my guy. <laughs> I'd love go. to kiss him on the face. All right. The Monday night game, pretty good one. Chiefs get the win at home, 30-29 to over the Raiders. Josh McDaniels falls to four. Well, I'm sorry, one and four. As the starting head coach, Chiefs 4-1 and one on the year. I'm going to say this, Sean, and this is the last time. Not last time. I'm going to say this a whole bunch more times. But, I mean, I, I, I whole bunch more times. That, that's a sentence that came out of my face. That was completely <laughs> embarrassing. Um, I'm going to say this many times over. If I hear one more person just yell the word analytics to me when a stupid decision <laughs> is made, I'm going to punch a wall. I can't get over how frustrating it is when coaches make dumb decisions and just yell analytics. Well, the analytics say to go for two. You're playing the Chiefs, dude, in Arrowhead, on Monday Night Football. You are a worse team than Kansas City. Kick the extra point and live to fight another overtime. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand this concept of I, I get, and I'm not bucking analytics. I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who say, screw analytics. But there's a contextual football that you see with your eyes, and there's analytical football, which is just numbers. And, and people will go, well, the analytics say you go for it on that, too, and you get the lead, and you make Patrick Mahomes score. Guess what happens when you make Patrick Mahomes score? He scores. He scores. Like, stop outsmarting yourself. Stop trying to be what you're not. It, it's so frustrating to watch because you kick that extra point, and it's tied. The reason they got a defensive stand when it was 29-30 to 30 and they needed the ball back to score the reason they did was because Kansas City wasn't being aggressive. They were trying to chew clock up, and they willingly said, cool, we'll make you go down the field and score, and they guess what they didn't do? Go down the field and score. It was a stupid decision by Josh McDaniels. I'm tired of watching teams make these decisions and just say analytics. Well, the analytics say you, you, you go for two there, and you take the lead, and then you make Patrick Mahomes score. Don't play that game. You're in Arrowhead. You're hanging around. You're, in fact, beating a team. You For most of that game, you were bettering a team that was better than you. Yeah. Stop taking stupid chances. Like, make them be the ones beat you, not you. Not your decision-making. When you're out p- 
punching your weight class, you need to make them knock you out. You can't knock yourself out. Yeah. I'm tired of watching it, dude. It's <laughs> pissing me off because I'm seeing this. And then every idiot online, well, it's actually an analytical call. It's, it's honestly, if you look at it in the numbers wise, you can defend it. Stop defending stupid decisions. The game's not played by numbers, it's played by people. And but it's here's the thing, Shawnee. You can do both. You can you can you can play the game by numbers, and you can also look contextually and say, okay, um, by the numbers, there's there's a chance that on on you know, by going for two here, statistically speaking, we get it, we win the game. That's fine. Contextually speaking, you're in Arrowhead. Contextually speaking, it's week five. You need a win. You're about to get one, or at least you've played yourself into a situation where you can get one. Don't take unnecessary risks you don't have to take. Because you start doing this. This is what happened with John Harbaugh with the same thing with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson throws an interception in the end zone. That, that is game-altering stuff. And you're trying to outsmart yourself. And you're just going to go up to the podium and say, well, analytically, that's what we do, and that's how we run our system. You're being stupid because you played that game. <laughs> and guess what? You played that game against a team that is going to make you pay. The Bills will make you pay. The Chiefs made the Raiders pay. The yeah. Dumb decision. And I, I was I, it, it's it really and truly an infuriating loss for a Raiders team that needed that. Yeah. They need that win against a divisional opponent. You need that win on primetime. You need that win to get your season back on track. Um, and you came within a whisker, and you pissed yourself. Yeah. What else is there to say? Well, let's get on to week six starting tonight. So you guys will hear this on Friday. We are recording on Thursday before the Thursday night game, which is Commanders at Chicago. Connor, who do you have? I'm going to take my Commanders. Okay. I'm going to take my Commanders in this. I think they're better than the Bears. Um, I'm taking the Commanders not because I trust in them, but because – this is everything for them. It's everything. If they go one in five, I don't I don't really know where the season goes. It's not going anywhere pretty, but it gets ugly and it gets ugly really, really fast if you start one in five, especially with some of the look coming into the season that was Dan Snyder said it in interviews or when he was uh, talking to the Maryland Gaming Commission to get a gambling license at, at FedEx Field was, well, we finally have our quarterback. And that was all the talk. We finally have our quarterback. We finally have our quarterback. We have the great defense. We drafted some tools. Curtis Samuels come back and we finally have our quarterback. <laughs> and this has been the worst rendition of this team I've seen in, in multiple years. So you got to win. Got to win against a bad team on Thursday night. All right. I've been a good friend to you, Connor. I'm not going to be one tonight. I'm going to go with the Bears at nope, home. Nope, and honestly, you shouldn't. I don't even – they don't deserve my pick, but I'm giving it to them because they have to have it. All right, 49ers in Atlanta taking on the Falcons. I'll take the Falcons. Mm. It's a weird pick, but I'll take the Falcons just because they're they're fun, and I, I think I think they can score. Um, it's just what version of Marcus Mariota shows up. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'll go with the 49ers, though. Fair enough. Patriots at the Browns. I'll be a good friend, Shawnee. Bailey Zappy season. What did you say? What little saying did you say? Zappy hour. <laughs> it's always Zappy hour in New England. This is the second cringiest thing you've done tonight. <laughs> you know what? Oh it was somebody. Uh, someone had a sign at the stadium saying, and so it's become zappy kind of hour. a thing. Zappy hour. That's no, just. You know how many gritty during Zappy hour? Sean, <laughs> there we go. I am actually going to put my head through the neon light, <laughs> and right. I hope I injure myself. All right, I'm going to go with New England. I think we go on a nice little run starting. Fair enough. Um, well, I guess against the Lions, but also in this game as well. Um, I think this is the start of a, a nice little run uh, before we have to play the Bills, which oh, is luck. not going to be fun. Rest in peace. Uh, speaking of resting in peace, the Jets will go to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, why are you picking the Packers? I'm picking the Packers because they're at home, and I think they need this win big time. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to 3-3. Three and three. That being said, I think this might be a closer game than you think. I'll take the uh, Packers this one, though, Shawnee. 
if the Jets pull this off, that's huge, yeah. huge. And I think they could, but I will go with the Packers. I, okay. But I do think they could. I yep. would not be shocked. Okay. I'll be surprised, not shocked. Mm-hmm. Jaguars at the Colts. Please don't make me watch that one. Connor, who do you have? I promise my eyes will not look at me. <laughs> Red zone might make me. Um, I don't want to look at this game at all. Um, this is going to be an atrocious game, but the Jaguars have to win this. I think it's Jacksonville as well. All right. Dolphins down in Miami. I'm sorry, Vikings down in Miami playing the Dolphins. I mean, I guess the Dolphins are in Miami as well. Sure. Uh, Vikings 4-1, and one, Dolphins 3-2. and two. Again, really beat up, though. Who do you have in this one? I'll go Vikings in this one. I mean, Vikings just offense is so good. Their defense, though, you, I mean, they're, they're lucky that they're going to be without uh, Tua this week. But uh, does Teddy come back this week? Is Teddy going to play? That is a good question. Right now, actually, that is going to... That's that really will make decipher. my pick. Yeah, that'll yeah, make my pick. It's really going to decipher what this uh, is. Set for limited practice today, so probably not, I would think. I'm going to say no, he's not going to play. So I, okay. I will go with the Vikings. I'm going to go same pick as you, Vikings. Fair enough. Bengals in New Orleans taking on the Saints. Both Bengals. teams, two and three. Bengals? Yeah, I'll take the Bengals in this one. Yeah, same. Here's a fun one. Ravens at the Giants. Uh, this is going to be good. The Ravens are a better team, and I think they beat the Giants. If the Giants go to 5-1 and one and beat the Ravens, like – Watch out. Watch out. Yeah, my goodness. What is going on here? Uh, I'll take the Ravens here. I just don't I don't see the Giants hanging with, with an offense like the Ravens. This is a tough one. I will go with the Giants. They're well coached. Interesting. I will I, go with them. I think the Packers look off. I think if the I, I think the Packers look off. Um, that being said, it, do, it doesn't take away from the Giants. The Ravens, I think, are another level than the Packers. They're that next step up. And like I said, you watch out if they win, but I, I can't see it happening. Okay. All right, so that means we were wrong earlier. So the Cowboys are actually – are playing the Eagles, not okay, the Giants. Cowboys yeah, we, we were wrong Got about you. that. Right on Sunday Night Football. Correct. We'll get to that one shortly. Let's stay with the one o'clock games. Bucks at the Steelers, must win for Tom Brady. This is an easy win. They have yep. to have it. Yep, you have to manage. And honestly, I think this might be one of those coming out parties for their offense. I'll take the Bucks in this one. I like Tampa as well. Panthers at the Rams. Uh, Rams need this, don't they? Yeah, and Rams are going to get it. I'll, I'll pick them here, um, but it couldn't come at a better time. I mean, you go to two and four, and you're defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, yeah. so uh, Rams will take this. I'll go with Los Angeles as well. Uh, Cardinals at the Seahawks. This, if the Cardinals don't win this one, Connor, is this kind of the start of panic mode in Arizona? Yes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you got you, you got to win this game. But honestly, Sean, I'm taking the Seahawks. I am too. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love chaos. I'm all in on chaos. I'll take the Seahawks in this one. Game of the week. Bills at Chiefs. I think the Bills win this. I think the Bills win this in Arrowhead. It's going to be, I mean, this is, this is pull up your seat. This is appointment television, 425. This is uh, I think the Bills win this, Shawnee. I, I just I, I love their offense. I love their defense. The Chiefs looked kind of shoddy a little bit on uh, Monday night against the Raiders, especially early in that game. They ended up getting back to it, and Patrick Mahomes is still just a stud. Um, but when you're playing a team like the Bills, the, the Chiefs always seem to elevate in these moments. Um, but when you're playing a team like the Bills, there is just such, such little room for error. Um, so if they get off to a short... Or, or a, a slow start, then the Bills will make you pay. But I'll, I'll take the Bills in this one, Shawnee. I'm going to go Kansas City. I like it. I Good think stuff. it's either team, but I will go with Kansas City. Good stuff. Cowboys like at the Eagles. Cowboys 4-1. and one. Eagles 5-0. and oh. I'm going to take Dallas. This is a weird one. I'm going to take Dallas because I, I honestly, Shawnee, this is a – do not do not clip this audio and save it, but I want Dallas to win. I want Dallas to win this one. Ladies um, and gentlemen, <laughs> you've heard it here. You've heard it here. That is the sound of a broken Commanders fan, a Redskins <laughs> fan. This is a damaged man who is now turning to the Dallas Cowboys for some sort of joy. I, 
I really should just jump off a bridge. Uh, I'll take Dallas in this one, Shawnee. I'm going to go with Dallas as well. <laughs> that'll, be a, Dude, that'll be huge if they win. We're making a bunch of hippie picks this week. That's going to be huge if they like win. It. That's going to be a fun huge. one. It would be. It would be an awesome Sunday night game. Uh, yeah, that is the Sunday night game, which means the Monday night game. This one, I feel like whoever wins this, you're going to feel a heck of a lot more confident about. Because right now, I have no confidence in either the Broncos or the Chargers. Whoever wins, if the Broncos get a road win, feel great about it. Chargers get a win, you're, two, you're four and two. Yep. You got to feel good about that. Uh, can I? Can we please get the Broncos off national TV, please? <laughs> Is this the third primetime game? They've had a Monday night. They've had a Thursday. No, they had a Sunday night, a Thursday night, and this is now a Monday night. This is their. No, they had. They had the first Monday night. They haven't had You're a right, Sunday night the yet. First Monday night. Have they, they had, had a, a Thursday night? night. They've had another. This will be their second. Get them off my screen, please. <laughs> I don't want to watch Nathaniel Hackett butcher the clock. I don't want to watch Russell Wilson do these weird corny. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I'm picking the Chargers. Get yeah, the Broncos off my screen. I, I got to go with the Chargers as well. NFL. Get the Broncos off my screen now. <laughs> attention, attention. Attention, please. Yeah. Uh, I think the Chargers win that one. I think I it's like a double it. win in Los Angeles for I both like teams. It, That's it, man. I just officially picked the Commanders here for a chance to win a $100 NFL shop gift card. Hmm. Should have picked the Bears. <laughs> oh, he knows it, too. Uh, Look at him. He knows it. I'm not going to get that money. <laughs> uh, Shawnee, is there anything I'm missing before we just I, – I don't want to watch this game. This Thursday night game, I'm just so – I'm so injured. Hey, you never know. So you never know. Never know, my friend. Anything else? Am I missing anything? Did anyone get fired in the uh, time frame that we recorded this podcast? Mm, no. Unless well, you're going to fire me. I think we go off into the sunset there, Shawnee. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, October 13th, as we record. We will get this out to you guys on your Friday episode. So happy Friday, everybody. You officially made it to the weekend. Well, we're, I guess if you listen to this in the morning, you haven't quite yet. But, hey, if you're listening to this on Friday afternoon, you've made it to the weekend. Happy Friday, everybody. Enjoy week six, and thank you. As always, for tuning in, remember to give us a follow at After Further Review Pod on Instagram. Give us a like on Facebook. Remember to keep that subscription going. Just tap that subscribe button um, on uh, your podcast feed wherever you are getting your podcast. Give us a five-star review wherever you are. And uh, go ahead and tell a friend. It means the world to us dearly. Shawnee. Thanks for making the trek out here to old Loudoun County, Virginia. It's always good to see you. For Connor Force, for Sean Olette, after further review is in the books. Enjoy week six, my friends. And as always, we will catch you guys on the other side. Mm-hmm.